Hi guys. Welcome to In Our Community Podcast, where we interview ordinary people doing extraordinary things in their communities. I'm your host, Coach Hitty from Resurrection Movement Studio. On episode 33 of this podcast, I sat down with Jamie Jackson from the Broadway Dance Center to continue on the series of interviewing individuals, instructors, and choreographers who are doing awesome things in the dance community. Jamie J and I sat down virtually via Zoom uh, to talk about his career, how he got started, what inspired him to get started, uh, how he defines dance, and what, from his perspective, makes dancers unique and stand out in his classes. The interview was filled with so much happiness and joy, just like his dance classes are at Broadway Dance Center and anywhere else he teaches. And I hope that as you listen to this podcast, that that comes through. Uh, If you're a member of the dance community or if you're a dancer yourself, make sure to check out this podcast as he shared some words of wisdom and encouragement uh, that I think you will all take something away from. Listeners, don't forget to subscribe to our show and leave us a comment on iTunes. Let's get started. All right. So today we have a really special guest, Jamie Jackson from Broadway Dance Center. This is actually the second part of interviewing, you know, a Broadway Dance Center instructor, dancers who are doing awesome things in the community. So Jamie, welcome to the podcast and thank you so much for joining me today. No problem. Thank you, Hedy. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so for those listeners who may not be familiar with who you are or who may not have heard of you, do you mind introducing yourself and telling a little bit about what you do and who you are? Sure. Uh, My name is Jamie. Um, Everybody calls me Jamie J. Um, But if you want to write me a check, you want to make it out to James Jackson Jr. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I am a dancer and choreographer. Uh, by passion and by love. It's like the one thing that I've done, I think, consistently the most in my life. Um, Started dancing at a very early age, as far back as five as I can remember, and took my first dance class at Broadway Dance Center at 19 years old and fell in love with, because I never knew the classroom existed for this. So when I found out I never stopped, but what a lot of people don't know is prior to that, I sung in a Grammy award-winning choir, um, the Love Fellowship Tabernacle Choir under the direction of Hezekiah Walker. So before dance entertainment, I traveled the country and the globe singing gospel with my choir for almost 10 years. Well, I did not know that. That's very cool. Huh? So how did you stumble upon the dance industry? What's crazy is, um, I had friends in church that danced also, and they kept telling me they needed to bring me to Broadway Dance Center. And I was like, okay, whatever, whenever. But we were always traveling and on the road, so Uh we could never go. And then the choir performed on the Essence Awards. And my pastor was like, I have a dancer at my church that I would like to be a part, even if it's just of our set. And I went to rehearsal, and I was blown away. I was like... This is more than I bargained. Like, I had no idea that this existed. Like, it was tangible. I was used to watching it on TV. Uh So after that rehearsal, it was like midterm week in college for me. So I couldn't miss a week of school Mm. to rehearse for the show. But I had made up in my mind, as soon as this associate's degree was done, I was going to pursue dance. Mm. So it's like I really found it through church as well. That's very cool. That's awesome. And what was your path like from taking that first class to now holding your own classes and kind of traveling all over the place to teach? 
Um, it was a good one in which, of course, now we've had time to reflect on it. Uh, I, my first class was on a Saturday, but the choir was usually gone. So every time after that, now that I knew where Broadway Dance Center was, if the choir wasn't away, I was in dance class. Mm. And then progressively I started, I was taking Bev Brown first, who was my first teacher at Broadway Dance Center. yeah. And, you know, I was in her classes on Saturday and found out the school was open seven days a week. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) On the weekends? Oh, so I I scheduled all of my school classes and my work schedule around the dance classes that I wanted to take. Mm. And eventually, uh, Bev basically kicked me out of class. She said, baby, you need to grow when you're good. And she told, and she pushed me and was like, you need to go try these other classes. And from there on, I took a lot of class. I took Cheryl Murakami. I took with the Mount Boys. I took, uh, when I got to Rhapsody's class, I, I was like, oh my God, what is this? And then eventually she put me in her company. And from there, I got to meet a whole, a lot of other people, you know, before, you know, social media. So it was like, you really had to do your groundwork. And I met a lot of these people who were influential in my dance career and just friends that they did it and they were humble about it. And then, you know, we grew, we got a little older. I remember Rhapsody went away for about a month. And she knew that I loved teaching and dancing. And, uh, you know, she saw that. And she came up to me and said, I'm going to be gone for a month and you need to sub all my classes. I was like, <gasps> wow. I had never, like, it was a shock. <laughs> you know, when someone else knows you're ready, yeah, you do it. And I did that. And it was the most amazing month of my life. And then BDC would then start pulling me in if there was uh, a sub that was needed. Um, I remember one time there was a hiccup with the workshop and it pulled me out of class to please come teach it and the students loved it. And that's how I like really started with absolute beginner workshops. And then I was sub for Rhapsody and then the children and teen program, shout out to Allie. She was like, Jamie, we need a teacher for the hip hop kids. And they said, they want you. I didn't even know the kids knew who I was. Oh, <laughs> you know, so, and, that's, and then I, I, I and I, I was grooming myself because I never stopped being a student also. Mm. And I love that part of being able to teach and being in class at the same time because it kept me on my toes and I never, it never let me get comfortable. Mm. That's very cool. So I don't know, Jamie, if you noticed, I told you this last week too. Bev is actually how I got like into BDC as well. I had that time, like I was, you know, how Bev asks somebody to train to become her assistant, right? I had that moment over the summer where I was like training to become her assistant, but then I had to make a tough choice. She was like, you can continue to do this with nothing guaranteed. Um, but like, you know, to, that's like a humbling, very honorable experience to like try to train to become Bev's assistant. Like any of the BGC instructors for that matter is very humbling. Um, but then I also had one semester left of college, so I had to really choose. Yeah. And my logical sense kicked in is like, you should really finish your degree. (laughs) And so like that was a path. And that was also when I realized like maybe like professional dance career is not for me. Maybe I just like, cause I loved working with kids. So like, maybe I was like, maybe I can use this still in the future. And and you know, I never really thought this would be what I'm doing now as far as like owning a dance studio and teaching kids. But it's just funny. Like that's we have a similar past in a sense of you started in Bev's class too. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, Bev is like a legend in the BDC area. Yeah, <laughs> like a lot of people, you hear people say, "Yeah, I took Bev's class first." Because when I started, she had to be teaching like if it's seven days a week, she had to be teaching maybe fourteen classes a week. Yeah, and I'm talking I remember that. And she, I don't know if you remember when her classes would overlap, so she'd have someone start her warm-up, then she'd go take over the warm-up, have someone come see the end of class, then come finish the end of class, and then they're already done with warm-up on that break. And then she, I was like, how? <laughs> how? Yeah. And then, but it, it always, like, when you pay attention differently, you don't see that, wow, she's got a lot of classes. You're like, wow, it can actually be done. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, I know for a while she was commuting. She was always commuting from Philly, right? To come and teach at BDC, which is, I always thought, I was like, wow, that's incredible. That's dedication. Yeah. Yeah. Because in my head, I'm like, I don't want to come from Brooklyn right now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And so I know, Jamie, you also traveled over to LA to do some dance classes and teach over there. You had the opportunity to do that? Yeah. Um, I loved LA. Like I, I, I had, everyone was like, Jim, you need to go to LA. But I also had a job. Like when mm. I started my career, I was working at my college as eventually I became like one of the most senior people at the, in my department as an advisor and academic counselor. So I still worked in capacities where I was always helping people. So I loved what I did to see students start at freshman year and graduate senior year was like the biggest thing to see them, you know, mm. grow and do that. So it, same thing translated in dance and LA came and I was like, all right, I need to go get something for me. Mm. And I went to LA and I was able to be a student again. And the people that I know that had already made the move, I still had friends out there. So, and then it was always sunny. It was always warm. Like, <laughs> I could do this <laughs> all the time. Um, but like when I got out there at first, I, I was, I would, I think millennium was the first place that I taught at. Um, taught at Millennium, taught at ML, taught at Debbie Reynolds. When I first got, I moved out there the first time in 2014. And mm. it's been great. And they, they look out for me still. Like when I'm in town, I let them know that, you know, they, they hook me up with guest classes. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I like, I love being out there because I get to take a lot of the teachers that I look up to who all are based out there. Mm -hmm. So you, would you say you're a student first before you're a teacher? Yes. Because hmm. I, I still take class and there's still a lot that I want to do. I, I, I think even now being older, the way I look at things, I look at, okay, it was good. But now it's a, what made it good to me. Hmm. And then... Oh, which I also skipped over. Like there was a point in New York, you know, I'm 6'3". And <laughs> not many artists are. Right. So eventually I was like, I would always be told, you're good, but you know, when it comes to the industry, you have to fit this look or this height or this, these clothes that are already made. So I started my own dance company with front, like it wasn't a company at first. It was just friends that always took my class that I could count on to come rehearse to go perform somewhere. And it was like, that's a company. <laughs> so I was like, no, it's not. It's friends that, you know, they're reliable and they come and they dance because they love it. Mm -hmm. So I started a dance company so that way I didn't have to be told 
know because of my height or my weight or, you know, oh, you don't fit this, this role, you're so good, but. So my dance company was made up of short, tall, fat, skinny, everything between white and black, it didn't matter. But if you were there and you love to dance and you proved it without me asking you, then it was like, I never really, I never auditioned for the company. It was mm. always based on who fit well. Mm. And the one time I did audition, I had other people from the outside watch the final narrow down mm -hmm. and everybody I picked without telling were the same people everyone else picked because they said they, they, they fit with you and they'll <laughs> grow. So, so I was like, no brainer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's cool. Now you touched on this, like in the industry, there's this, like the look that people look for. So that, that's still side of the thing still exists, even on, even like today, like it's, it's, a, it's a hard reality. Like, you know, like when kids are growing up, you know, they're like, Oh, I want to be a dancer, but I don't think they see that side of things until they enter it. Right. Yeah. And so, so what was that like for you? Will you talk about a little bit of that experience and kind of like how that came to be as far as like, you know, you stepping into the industry and realizing like, Oh, like I, maybe I have to work twice as hard or there are certain things I just won't get because of my height. Right. Um, it was hard in the beginning because of course, when you're dancing among, like I say amongst my friends, but they're great. Like, you know, they don't like to blow themselves up. I won't do it to them either, but <laughs> <laughs> the caliber of people that I came up with and you go, dang, I want to do something like that. I want to do something like that. And you don't realize sometimes the gift that you have that, it's really touching people because you see a dream for yourself that mm. you're still trying to attain. So it was hard when I really wanted to dance for artists and, you know, go on tour and stuff like that. Because I, I always get, you know, oh, he's so good, you know, but I didn't fit out. Like one audition I went to, I knew I couldn't do the job once they gave the dates, but I said, I know the choreographer, so I'm not going to leave. You know, I don't want to, you know, be disrespectful. Mm -hmm. So when we all stood up to learn the routine, we stood up, everybody in the room stopped here. Mm. And I was like, well, this sucks. <laughs> and then, you know, they start calling people to pair them up and the artists, um, they said, Hey, Jamie, come here and called no one else to stand with me. I said, I, she said, how tall are you? I was, at the time, I was 6'2". She said, wow, you're exactly one foot taller than me. I said, mm. do I get the job? <laughs> you know? yeah. But then I started to eventually learn what was for me mm. and what I wanted to do. So a lot of the jobs I did mostly revolved around TV and uh, commercial work where there wasn't so much an artist involved or, you know, so that way I didn't have to fit a mold. It was like, oh, let's build someone around him. Let's build this character. Oh, he will fit that. So that's when I learned to find my niche. You know, it's mm. like if there's an artist, I need to know the, the specs now mm -hmm. because I know I'm 6'3". You're not going to hire me with everybody else 5'2". Hmm. So it's, it sounds like you were presented with a challenge, but you overcame it. You found your own niche, niche, you know, utilizing what you did have and kind of 
kind of almost made what was seen as like the downside as far as like it wasn't your dance ability your dance ability was there it was something that you couldn't change but turned it around to a positive to go seek your own career that way yeah that's and awesome that, and, that, and that's how the company came about also but when you put it in the work i'm like oh my god that is what i did thanks <laughs> <laughs> yeah so just turning the page here that's that's fantastic to hear what i know you do a lot of things because we've had this uh you know that the, the listeners the one thing that you should know is jamie jackson came and taught a master class or a dance program one time and i had the opportunity to spend like two hours in the car with him and we just chatted and i was like wow this is so fascinating because, you know, like, Jamie, you've been, you were one of those instructors, like, how you came into BDC and started taking Bev's class. I just started to take, like, array of instructors, and you were one of them. And there's something about your class, like, man, I'm having so much fun when I'm in Jamie's class. <laughs> I'm not good, but I'm still having fun. And so to have that opportunity, like, 10 years later, to sit in the car and just have a conversation with you, just picking your brain on certain things and like finding out who you are and what you do. And, you know, as a whole person, not just as a, a dancer, that was like, that was one of the mo those moments like, wow, I'm so glad that I had this time. And I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to come pick you up. Cause unless if I didn't, if I didn't do that, we wouldn't have that time. Yeah. You know? Um, and so what makes dance so special to you in your life out of all the things that you do? It's the one thing no one can take away. No one can take it away from me. Um, I can throw on my iPods. I can blast music. Um, I grew up with music, like every Saturday, usually growing up. Once my mother found a song, that song was on repeat on as loud as the stereo would go for as long until she was like, okay, all right, I'll turn it off now. <laughs> but it's... I remember a funny story, ha, since we're yeah. digging. <laughs> my mom said there was a point when I couldn't get the rhythm anymore. Like she said, I danced and then I couldn't find a rhythm. And then there was a point where I got the rhythm back and never lost it again. Huh. And never stopped after that. Huh. Very interesting. Do you come from a family of like artists and dancers and musicians? No. But <laughs> my uncle Nene, rest in peace, he will always say, oh, you, you got them moves from me and my sister sings. He's like, yeah, yeah, now listen to this note. So, you know, Uncle Nene was the one that was like, y'all got that from me. Huh. But they love music, yes. But as far as like the arts and stuff, I, I, it, I mean, if music is in our blood, yes. But the dance part, to take it and pursue it to where I've gone, probably mm -hmm. just me. Huh. Very cool. And you're on. So you like, I have a multiple conversations with you. And one of the conversations that I had with you was at the dance teacher workshop a couple of years ago. And yeah. you were, yes, yeah, you remember that? And this is the time that you told me about Semi Demi Pouye. And you, I was just lucky. I was just there. You came, you showed up 15 minutes before your assigned class. And I was like, oh, this is great. Like I have an opportunity to really talk to him one-on-one -on -one and get to know him more. And you are just filled with joy. Like when you talk about dance and teaching and all that, it's just like you light up, you know, like it's, it's so ingrained in you. How did you develop that? How did you come to find that within you? It was from, I want to say it's from all of my teachers. Mm -hmm. um, because let's say you have teachers that are amazing. You learn from them what to do. 
And then you have some teachers that you may have felt indifferent. So it's not that you learn what not to do. You learn how to do things so you don't make anyone feel like that. Mm -hmm. And depending on the level, class, no matter what level to me, it's class. It's a learning atmosphere. So it shouldn't feel like pressure. Mm. And my one goal is if you can get people comfortable, they will relax. And if they relax, they'll be more susceptible to learn. Mm. Above all else, I'm like, is everybody okay? I walk in, I'm like, good morning. If I don't hear a response, I'm like, I ain't putting this music on until y'all learn to talk to me. Like, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> break, let's break the ice. This is a relationship. We're here together for the next 45 minutes to an hour and a half. We're going to have fun because I got to be here. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. You definitely break the ice really easy. And I also have been in a classroom where it's like so tense and the dancers are just there because like they're so serious. Yeah. And I always appreciate the teachers who recognize that and take the initiative to break the ice and be like, it's not that serious. You know, I think of like uh, Leslie Feliciano. I think that's, that's, that's the word that he uses is like, you know, Leslie will always be like, guys, it's not that serious. It's not audition. It's just class. Right. <laughs> Love Leslie. Yeah. 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 And I, I've always said like the way I teach the class, I take a little bit, like you said, like I take a little bit of piece of each teacher's and just kind of apply it. Like from you, I always say like, semi demi plie. Who did I get that from? Jamie J, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. I tell people in the heartbeat, like if a teacher says or does something in class, I'll be like, I got this from so-and-so. Yeah. You tell them I stole it. <laughs> but it makes, if it makes sense, it sticks. Mm -hmm. And that's what I wanted to do, especially at the advanced beginner level. I want, if it can stick, then you can apply this to every other level when you get there. Mm. And so, you know, now that you've mentioned kind of different levels of classes that you teach, what do you think separates like the dancers that you notice in class versus dancers that just kind of like is going along with the crowd? Um. <laughs> That's crazy. That's usually, those are usually the people that dance in my company. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> well, and it's happened multiple times. I had a student in class. If she hears this, she'll know exactly who she is. She was in class and I was like, who is this? But because I'm teaching a class, I can't zone out and focus on her. So I was like, it's always after class. I'll come and grab somebody like, who are you? Where'd you come from? Like, who did you train under? And this one student, she was from Vancouver. I was like, oh, my God, I know some, I know people up there. Like, I know. And she said, Miss V. I said, yes, that's my girl. She was like, yeah, she was my teacher. I was like, uh, makes sense. I know who you were training with. That's why, you know, you come in with your quality. Yeah. So usually that's what happens. I notice quality that stands out that's not trying to, like, if you're not trying to get my attention, I'm more likely going to pay attention to you. Hmm. So if a kid is listening to this, how do they practice that? How can they gain that? Ooh. Uh, uh -huh. You have to, students have to learn to pay attention and take detail and apply it right away. Hmm. You know, because if you're in class, like school, no one jumps straight to pre-calc. Yes. You learn how to get to pre-calc versus someone who just starts in pre-calc and now they're lost. Mm -hmm. So 
when the teacher's teaching, it's, it's so important to do your best to apply what the teacher wants. Because teachers, if they have to, it's like parents. If I have to tell my kids something six times, all right, now I don't feel like telling you no more because I, it's, it's do you not hear me talking to you? Mm-hmm. Versus you want to think of this, put yourself in this area or this scenario and move through that. And you can see when people are working. It doesn't have to be perfect, but a teacher can tell if you're working or not. Mm. And if you're working, I'm paying attention. Mm. That's very cool. Because I think it's important, especially nowadays, like, you know, when I work with kids, they're flooded with tons of information, tons of choreography, tons of cool dancings, dances, right? Like TikTok, like people would just... And then people think that's dance. And to me, like I always tell my kids, I'm like, guys, dance has to come from your heart. You know, it's not just so much about looking like the person that you see. Like if you're just a copycat who can do the choreo, but with no soul, like choreographers and instructors are going to notice that they take note of that. Like dance, especially in regards to hip hop, like it was born out of heart, right? It was born out of a desire to express yourself. And so it's like, and I try to tell them, but I don't know that they have the mental capacity to understand it, or they just don't have that upbringing of experiencing that. Because I think one of the advantages that we have is like, we grew up with that. You know what I mean? Like we we grew up watching that on MTV and be like, oh, like I want to, I want to understand this. I want to understand this culture, you know? And that's part of the reason why we hopped in the class and then we were taught and we were informed of the history of the culture of the foundation but sometimes i've been to classes where it's like all right let's learn today's combo right right yeah Yeah. and And, but you have this thing also where kids listen Mm -hmm. and when kids listen like i've taught class before and i've had parents and even some studio owners say like this was so-and-so's first time in hip-hop because they don't like it. They never want to do it. But whatever you did, all they want to do now is hip-hop. And I'm like, aw. (laughs) You know, (laughs) when, when, when it's what you do, you don't so much see that you're not looking to do that. You're just looking to give so much that when you hear the reward like that, you're like, oh my God, I am making a difference, you know? So to get those little things are really reassuring to me. Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. So I'm not really sure how long you've been dancing, but what keeps you going in this industry? Because I know it's a really tough industry. Um, It it starts with the love of it because, you know, there's, I feel like everything has an ebb and flow. Everything has its ups and downs. You know, I've had my points where I I hated it and I took a break from it, but I had to take a break from it before I hated it. I still loved it, but I needed to step back so that way I can love it the way I used to again. And I did the same way when I lost the rhythm and got it back, never lost it again. (laughs) Uh Same thing here. Um, But it's, like I was dancing around the house today. It's like, you know, during this, this epidemic time, I'm like, uh, I just want to teach. It's, it's hard for me not to be in the room with tangible students to really get that energy. So I have to create it myself, you know, 
I still I still watch and I still get inspired by everybody. Uh, there's a lot of it sound I, I sound I'm gonna say older when I say there's a lot of new kids out <laughs> that, are, that are they're really good. They're and they're influential with their movement. And then I look at the people I look up to and they're still doing it. Mm-hmm. So I know that there is no end because if you love it, it will stay with you forever. Mm. You know, so I looking at the young ones coming up and the people that I still work with and I get called for advice and I look at the people that I'm looking up to and I'm like, like one of the people that are really near and dear to my heart, we had a conversation and she told me that we had a conversation and I listened and I started posting more. I started, you know, just putting myself out there and it encouraged her to even go back to teaching. And I'm like, do you know who you are? And I encouraged you. And it, I was like, wow, you know, you, you don't know that even the people you look up to, they look to you, you know, for the same inspiration or they get inspired the same way we do. So I said, I, I have no reason to stop. And then I have my niece who is always around trying to tell me how to dance. So I'm like, all right, my job is not done yet. <laughs> Keeps you humble, right? Little kids. Oh, they do. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait until you get my age. Your back won't do that no more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hey, Jamie J. So we're actually coming towards the end of the podcast. Uh, the one of the things that I do ask my interviewees is a segment called Words of Encouragement. And you can frame this however you want uh, to the dance community, to the kids who are growing up learning how to dance. Uh, but whatever words of encouragement that comes to your head, please go ahead and share to the listeners. Yeah. If dance is what you love to do, do it with everything you have. Like make every movement count. Huh. You know what's funny is I think that's in line with what Chio said. And it's the, you're the second instructor, you know, who's, who's people know you in the dance community that has said the same thing. And it's like, and I think it's an easy concept for people to listen and be like, okay, I get that. But how would you like emotion? Like, so, cause I want to dig it deeper. Yeah. Emotion. What would that look like to you? It's. No, I'm not going to use that example. I use that one for class. Okay. <laughs> so we don't get out. I'm going to get blocked. And then like, excuse me. Um, I can watch someone walk across the stage and then their intention and in just taking steps across the stage, it doesn't look like choreography. Mm. It's the ability to, to me, like, because I did I knew about free, the freestyle and underground world, but I wasn't in it until later. And then they embraced me because they said, you have something. So I was like, what did I miss? They said, you didn't miss anything. And it's because they noticed where the dance came from. Because you can look at people and see if they're trying to show off sometimes, if you have that, mm-hmm. that vision. And people that are literally, I'm here because I love it. And in class, on stage, on Instagram, on YouTube, there are people who have trained their whole lives and all they love to do is move. Like Dorit Coppell is a ballet teacher at Broadway Dance Center as well. And when we sit in the faculty room and she begins to talk, she is the, like my first ballet class that I took. And she's beautiful in form, 
but she talks about salsa and Latin and hip hop and tap with the same passion that she mm. does about ballet. Mm. And then you have people that throw themselves into something new because I need to grow and challenge myself. And then you see what comes of that challenge when they stick with it. And it's like seeing people's growth, it, it keeps one, it keeps me wanting to learn more. Mm. And then you can tell sometimes the difference in people whose movement, you can tell it's theirs, it's been influenced, it's been nurtured versus this is the new thing that's been done. So I'm gonna copy it because it's hot now. Mm. You know, like a lot of people, my company members will tell you, they're like, Jamie is not easily impressed. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, a lot, a lot of the people I grew up with aren't. And then I grew up in a choir. So even when it comes to the arts period, when it's singing, live music, musicianship, and all of that stuff, perfection gets ingrained. So if it's not coming from someplace genuine or someplace that's, it's like when you hear someone sing their heart out in a love song, it can either be a love song or it's a love song that takes you back to someplace and it makes you remember how you felt because of how they're singing the song. Like they are in pain through the song or they are so extremely happy. The same thing happens in dance for me. Mm. And I can like, it's, <laughs> and I could go on and on about it, but it's like yeah, when yeah. I see something I like, like it could be hip hop, tap, jazz, ballet, like even going back and understanding modern and where like Dunham and some of the early greats that they went to study dance with the culture. Like they moved to Cuba and learned Afro-Cuban dance. I'm going to Africa and live with a tribe. I don't know when I'm coming back. I'm going to get so ingrained and get this in me that when I give it to you, you know where it's coming from. Hmm. So like a lot of moves don't impress me. Right, yeah. But so like, so that's, that's, I, I totally understand what you're saying. Like when I can watch a piece, like contemporary pieces, ballet pieces, it's easy to feel that emotion coming from the dancers. I think with hip hop, I always find it like it's more difficult because hip hop tends tends to be like super aggressive, right? Like mm-hmm. you used to, it, it's usually like more aggressive and more like, oh, it's cool versus like that emotional piece. So whenever I get to see that emotional side of pieces, I'm like, wow, I want to do that. But I just don't know like where to start. Do you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> it, it's it's like um, like even when it comes to like some hip hop pieces, and you know, um, sometimes you go to a show and it'll look like yeah, and, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. and then it'll be this. It'll be somebody else that gets on stage. And it can literally be one move that'll go, okay, they understand the music the way I hear it. It's not just a bunch of cool moves. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, you know, I respect that. Mm-hmm. Like, because like, I want to know what made you do that. If you can make me want to know why did you do that, I'm vested. Mm, gotcha. And you know, one thing I wanted to ask you, and now that I, this kind of reminds me, how do you go about your choreography process? And how long does it usually take you? <laughs> um, yeah, here go the secrets. Um, <laughs> usually, if I find, like some music, I say music finds me. Mm. And people that know me and know how I move and what drives me, they'll send me music. And I'll be like, oh my God, what is this? 
I'm probably listening to that song on repeat from God knows how long. It could be two weeks straight of listening to one song and just dancing in my head or movement and seeing what happens when it happens. And I will literally get to class and go, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> the vision of the entire song is in my head, but making it up and then trying to remember. I'll get to class and let's see what the vibe in the field of class is. I know the song. I'll be like, all right, let's see what we're going to start with. Let's see. It. Okay, let's get two eights together. And then we go from there. Hmm. So sometimes people don't even know if, if it's the first time I'm doing it, I will let the class know, hey, I don't know how this is going to come out. So good luck. <laughs> <laughs> so well, you're saying you sometimes make it on the spot right in front of the class. Wow. Like I'll have a basis of where I want to go. Like there was, <laughs> there was a Katy Perry song. She's like, something in my skin tight jeans be your teenage dream. Like uh -huh. the bridge. I wanted to do that section, but I was like, I can't teach two eights in an hour and a half class. I was like, well, something has to go before it. Something has to go after it. Let's go find something. <laughs> and then the energy of the class plays into that also. Because huh. if, if they're hungry and they're on it, then we can go for days because class is a give and take. It's a back and forth. Mm. You know, that, that's, that's, really really that that triggers something in my head it's like you know i've been doing virtual classes with the kids and we just recently switched the platform from facebook live to zoom and i just felt really rejuvenated this week and it's because we have that back and forth communication with the kids because with the zoom you can see the class audience yeah. whereas facebook you are literally just teaching and you see the numbers of people watching but there's nobody on the other side right but that back and forth communication and that give and take aspect is not there. And so I think when I switched over to Zoom, like I didn't realize it at the moment. But now that you said it, it's like, that's what I was missing. Mm. Mm -hmm. that, yeah. So, yeah. And that, I think that's what, that's what I'm, I'm going to test it out soon. I know. Don't, yeah. You'll get yeah. a call. You'll get, you'll get a message. <laughs> all right. All right. If you invite me, I'm definitely in. I mean, I'm, I'm a little rusty on the taking the dance class side. That's the other thing is, you know, when you live in middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, there's really not a lot of dance classes you can take. So, <laughs> but yeah, before I let you go, JVJ, I want you to go ahead and plug your stuff in. So then where, uh, you know, where people can find you on social media, where they can look up your stuff and all that stuff. Ooh, definitely. You can find me on Instagram, uh, YouTube, just about everything I do is I'm Jamie J. The letter I, the letter M, J-A-M-I-E, the letter J at gmail.com. And if you're having a hard time finding me there, if you type in Semi Demi will save your lives, you will find me. I will <laughs> pop up. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> well, thank you, Jamie J, for joining me on this podcast today. And uh, I look forward to seeing you in New York when this whole quarantine situation's over. When it's over, I'm back. Class. <laughs> That's right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Edie.